We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is going to be, I'm counting, episode three of the Wombo Combo podcast with uh, myself and uh, the other guy, Monkeys Forever. That's how you me. doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Eh, it's morning, but I'm pretty good. Had some uh, busy days and... A lot of sitting in an apartment during quarantine. So, overall, <laughs> yeah. Ukraine's pretty fun, pretty good. But you know, what, uh, ask what me, time is it there? It is seven in the morning. Ooh, yeah, so early bird. We'll probably have to figure <laughs> out like another time. But you know, this one worked for today because I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to bed at like one. <laughs> but I'm definitely passing out right after this. You know, like I got my five hours, but there's going to be like a two hour nap. Yeah, you know, I feel like you. Sometime after this. But I like naps. So there's nothing wrong with. Uh, I love naps. I mean, honestly, who doesn't like naps? Anyone who says they don't like naps, they're, they're just straight up. Dude. Lying. <laughs> Tell Kali that, man. Call. <laughs> She asked, she's like, why do you always nap? And I was like, why do I have to explain this? I shouldn't have to explain why I always want to nap. Like, naps are just incredible. Like, if I did my work for the day or whatever, or if I, like, woke up, got some stuff done, and then I know I start streaming in, like, two or three hours, why can't I nap? Exactly. I mean, that, that that's your reward for doing a day's good work. Yeah, and it should be something that, like, all of us strive for, meaning, like... You know, if you can create a lifestyle for yourself where you're allowed to nap, like that's that's, that's peak existence. It, right it there. is that that is <laughs> that is final that is final form. So, uh, yeah, I, I I shouldn't even have to like you understand. I, I don't have to convince I, I, you. I get it. Yeah, yeah. If people yeah. at home don't get it, then uh, <laughs> you know, open your mind to bigger and better things. But uh, so. The topic of discussion today was going to be predominantly about just pubs in general. And I was going to be uh, comparing 
a lot about the dynamics of North American and EU pubs, uh, your experience with them, talk a little bit about the differences between pubs, like, in general, like, when it comes to, like, uh, competitive Dota to pubs, whether or not that's skills, whether or not that's, like, you know, the dynamic of the game, like, different, different skill sets required, all that kind of stuff. So, first and foremost... I think I've gotten your opinion before, but let's just update myself and everyone. What is your opinion on North American pubs compared to European? My opinion, well, I'm pretty much just pubs in general. Um, I am of the opinion that unless there are like pretty much ten like competitive player, like like ten competitive players in the entire game, like five on each team. Uh, and what I mean by that is people who actually understand or like have been on teams before and understand like, you know, the competitive Dota concepts. Not people and stuff who are like, like good that. enough to currently be playing competitive. So you're you're including me in this group? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So you, you, you would be included. Uh, like a, people who have played before and understand like, you know, the 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 team concepts that, you know, pretty much like the majority of or pretty much every single competitive player knows and like understands and uh you know applies on a consistent basis I, I feel like pubs in general are just like they, they 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 just end up being a shit show even if there's like even there, if there's just like one person on each team that just like doesn't quite or like doesn't quite grasp those concepts I, I feel like it just it makes the entire game feel a, like very alienated from competitive so play, like in opinion. I'm in the total agreement that like one or two guys can completely ruin the game like Meaning yeah. that the entire dynamic of the game is changed by one or two players. I think yeah. a lot of people will ask me, you know, like, st- they'll make stupid comments like, you know, BSJ, why is Weeha on Team Nigma? He's so bad. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, every competitive team is defined by their weakest player. And like, Nigma almost always has good results. And like, you know, if they had one actual bad player on their team, they would suck. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, that's just how it is. Like, if you put, yeah. you know, N- Team Nigma and replace Weeha with, like, a 3K mid laner, they won't win a single game. Like, they're, they're yeah, not going to win a single absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, I, all I'm saying is for people, it's not like traditional sports to me where the be- the teams are best defined by their, like, all-stars, right? I think teams in Dota are best defined by their weakest player or, like, uh their weakest part of their game or whatever, because so much of it is exploitable, like in so many ways that if you don't have all your boxes checked, you're, you're just going to get railed. So my point being though, is in a pub, you could have like nine pros and like one bot account and the game would look, you know, it would be so one side, unrecognizable, (laughs) right? Like to, to the, to the dynamic of the game. And a lot of people don't really realize that I, I try to explain that a lot. Um, it really is something to me that only applies at the highest level. Um, but it does apply like in a 4K game. If you have a guy, well, like one guy griefing or one smurf, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the dynamic of the game will change. But my main difference between like NA and EU so far, like so obviously people know that the average like MMR is higher in, in EU, right? Like if I'm ranked 40 yeah. in NA, when I get my EU rank, it's going to be like 180 or 200. So... Yeah. The, all that means is that the player pool at the highest level is is larger. It's bigger. Yeah. Yes, yep. And so what I've noticed is I've had much more games on average that don't have one or two shitters in them. Like I. Yeah. 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 So I. I mean, for sure. Like I. I've never argued that like you know you would have a higher percentage of like you know quote unquote good games and like EU or whatever. But it's just like you know. I, I, I've queued EU plenty, of, even from you, or that, like where I am right now. And uh, people, like whenever I lose a game, people are like, "Oh, haha, EU is so is so much there's too hard for a rank twenty NA player and stuff." And it's like I get in these games with you know rank four hundred EU players, and I, it's just not good Dota. I, I I don't know I don't know what to really say about it. Like not nothing in the game looks good, and people. People are trying to like make it seem like I'm losing because I'm going to eat or like I'm playing an EU game because it's like too high skill when in reality I'm just getting frustrated because nobody is making like 
correct Dota moves or whatever. So, like, I've had, uh, I'd say on my main so far, I've played, like, 15 or 20 games. I've had mm-hmm. two or three that I played, like, really poorly. Like, I know oh. that for a fact. I lost two or three sure. games because I didn't play very well. Uh, my yeah. other two or three losses, like, out of the, I've won more than I've lost, have been straight up, like, people griefing. Like, it's like, it doesn't change. People have yeah. this, you know, I... I, I was in the honeymoon phase where, for whatever reason, the first, like, three or four days I played, I was getting, like, Miracle on my team and, <laughs> you know, people like this, right? And I was like – and every game yeah. was, like, really good. And – but it still stands for me that there's a lot of things that – the problem with me for NA pubs is that straight up, if I'm laning against a rank 300 offlaner – if I'm carry or like vice versa, if I'm offlane, I hardly learn anything because like they just suck. Like and I'm not trying to be, you know, pretentious like I'm on this hill up here. Right. But like the laning mechanics in NA are so much worse. Like I've actually learned so much about laning in general in EU because like. I don't know. I feel like it, it, it rubs down, you know, like if all of the top 100 players do it, then eventually like three quarters of the top 200 are going to do it, then like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. bleed down a bit. It feels mm. like even the rank 300 players, even if they end up being toxic shitters in EU, have like really good lane mechanics. Like the supports and shit, they right click yeah. me for like every creep. You know, like all every creep I go for, I get right click like four times. Mm. And if I don't like creep aggro to the, to the like maximum potential and all that kind of stuff, I'm taking... A shit ton of damage. So yeah, and every time I'm like out of position, I get punished. It's like pretty, um, pretty noticeable there. Uh, I yeah. feel like when I was in NA, I only got that when I was on a team, right? Like I only got that when I was playing against. Well, I, 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 I mean, in NA, like it's definitely uh, you don't you don't run into the player or like you definitely there's like a very specific time frame i feel in north america for when you can actually queue for high mmr clubs and that's typically you know from like maybe roughly 5 or 6 p.m eastern to like midnight to 1 a.m or so and usually usually in that time time slot you you'll get you'll get like you know the good pubs the good players and like you know maybe you're not getting 10 players on each team who you know are are gonna like uh, like are gonna make the game feel like an in-house league or whatever, but you uh, you you're, you're you're gonna usually get like at least you know three or four high MMR players on average on both teams, and um th- th- those are games I I feel I always learn a lot from, and I I always have I I always enjoy playing because you know typically it's it's high it's high skill enough that like you know you you can you can like. You can mess around. You can figure new shit out. Like, like you, you can test things and stuff like that. And uh, that, that, like the laning in games like that. I, I mean, like we, you, you can, you can say NA has bad laning as much as you want. But like, you know, definitely, I, I would say like the top seventy players or you know top hundred players or whatever in NA. Like you, you get, you get really good well, lanes. That's it's what just, I'm saying say, though. Is it's like the consistency of practice, right? Like yeah, a very yeah, small sure. portion yeah. of the player. Like, like you said, I agree. It's like. If I'm getting a good game in an A, it's literally the same players, right? Like every yeah, yeah. every single game. That, right? That's very true. And it is a bit frustrating for me with that because half of it's like knowing exactly how this particular player is going to lane. Like that's what it feels yeah. like for me is what is important in MMR and in A a lot. I personally struggle a lot because, you know, I'm still figuring it out, right? Like I've been doing a little bit of carry, a little bit of off lane uh, mm. in the last year or so. And... And in a, I feel lost. Like for me personally, the style like after the lane and even in the lane, like it doesn't make sense to me. Like it doesn't work with me. It's like it was so funny because I realized in like four or five days in of uh, EU pubs and I was just like every single time that it felt like something could be done in the game debatably, you know, I'm not saying it's always right to be doing something, but People in EU are just fucking running at each other, dude. Like, whether or not it's in the lane, whether or not it's in, like, the 10, 15, 20, 30 minute mark, people are just fucking colliding nonstop. Yeah. And I'm like, I, go ahead. I, I would actually say that's, like, that. that is kind of how I would categorize, like, the main difference between North American pubs and EU pubs is that NA is more focused on, you know, that, like, 
greedy afk farm like play three lanes like like literally get EG. as much as you can off of them yes yes eg style of like just just farm farm it's not farm, a coincidence farm, farm. by the way and <laughs> yeah and then eu pubs are are like literally eu players to a fault will group up and just like run around as five like like and just and it's literally like the 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 thing is when one team groups up as five and runs around the map, pretty much the only way to counteract that nowadays is to group up as five and run at them. I was about to say, (laughs) so what do you think, which one do you think would beat the other? Right. Um, I, I I mean, I, I definitely would say the EU style would shit on NA because NA players like refuse to group up like so hard, basically, because unless like you have someone on the mic constantly saying like, "Hey, we got to do this. Go, 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 go. We have all. Oh, do this, do this, do it." Like unless you have that that leadership in North America, you never you never get everyone to be on the same page. But in EU, it's literally like you know, run around as five, and then the, you see the the other team running as five, so you got to go as five, and then you just it's just like literally fighting fighting nonstop. The just, funny like, thing about that that you mentioned it is like. I was going to say the same thing, right? I was going to say that to me, the NA playstyle is arguably just worse because if you were to put the two playstyles against each other, the NA style just wouldn't work. Like the NA style only works if both teams are like buying into it, right? Like, I, yeah, I feel like OG has kind of like molded the European style to what it is now. Like, yeah, it was already a bit of that, but I feel like now it's literally like. I've had games where people are pretty good at this, by the way, in EU, where if they're losing, they actually just split push like crazy, like uh, where they just will not fight you at all. And they all like mm-hmm. do their best to draw out the game. And the yeah. kill score is like 40 to eight, you know, like in favor <laughs> of the team that's winning, because like yeah, yeah, yeah. the team that's behind is just scrambling to get farm and like split you up. In the meantime, the one team's like farming a carry and then the other four are just sweeping the Mac back and back and forth, just killing people. Like over and over and over, and I'm like, yeah. that's what would happen in an A if one team was playing like that. It's like, uh, I, I, I mean, it is, and like you, you can, you can definitely, uh, you can notice it in North American pubs as well because so, uh, like, you know, while while EU does does like grouping grouping play style a lot, and NA is more of like you know the EG like farm the whole map play style. I, I like. The other thing I would like to note is that when you get teams full of like South Americans, South Americans are are, are just like a, their play style has just been aggressive for literally like the last yeah, six years a or lot whatever. Of it's been. In like any all shape or that, form, like yeah. that, that, like they don't do it in like court, like necessarily coordinated manner. They just like they'll they'll make like three plays on the map at the exact same time in three different areas. So like instead of them like moving as five, they're just like. You know, they're just creating chaos everywhere. So, they're really good at saying, you, like, okay, I know my carry is pressuring top. I'm going to also pressure mid and bottom at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so you you also kind of run into like uh, like a clash between regions there because, you know, some, sometimes in, in NA games, you get like four or five NA players on one team and four or five SA players on the other team. And it's just kind of like you, you can you can usually see like the, the, the difference in play style and like, like when you, when you see like the two regions, Dude, I always feel so freaking lost when I play with SA players on my team. Like, <laughs> and, and it's not because I think they're bad. It's because like, no, uh, no, like, I, I know that, that sure. style for me, like I like to be aggressive, but it's in the form that EU does it, not in SA. And I think that's why SA's kind of made a name for themselves. Like in the recent year or two with, you know, teams like infamous placing top eight and stuff is it's just like, that style isn't, in my opinion, worse than EU's. It's actually just a different it, version. It, it's not. Yeah, yeah, EU's. yeah. Exactly. It's just it's a unique style that yeah. that that, that SA has kind of cultivated for themselves. And, and I, I mean, think like, a lot of these like, EU like, teams are like, "What the hell's going on?" You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that, that's something that I find so funny. Whenever I have spoken to like EU like pro players or whatever. They 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 always like talk about uh, or like like talk down on like NA or whatever or, or like NA and SA and it's like 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 they they watch these like NA versus SA games and it just looks like a shit show and you're just like what's even happening but then you play against these SA teams and like and then you understand like just how much pressure they're they're applying to you at all times and you're just like oh god I just like have to do something like you have like a guy up in your face at at, like five minutes he's like underneath your tier one or like between (laughs) tier one tier two and you're like 
are we not going to kill this guy? And then you like yeah. realize <laughs> that like two other things are going on on the map, so your team actually can't help you. And yeah. that's like what SA does a lot. Um, I, I would say like they put you in a lot of those situations where you're like team, team. And like, you know, yeah. your team's also getting dove or something. Uh, it's like it's very interesting that uh, the way they choose to capitalize on that kind of thing. And I feel like in EU, like it's just like we've kind of said more coordinated aggression in a way that like uh, it's definitely predictable. Like, I think EU's predictable in, like, a healthy way for me. Like, I like the way it works because I'm like, if I was going to get ran at by four heroes, where would they go right now? It's like, (laughs) you know, and, like, if you understand the map, if you're learning to get better at Dota and all that kind of stuff, like, what each objective means, you can have an idea of, like, okay, the enemy team, they need to kill, they need to kill somebody at this tower to take it. You know, they're probably going to go here. Uh, People throw some wrenches in the equation every now and then, but I would say EU if you're playing like fundamentally is like very predictable, which to me fits my play style way better. Like I'm like, okay, I'd rather have a good idea of what they're doing based on my knowledge of the game. And in a, I really have no idea half the time what my team or the other team's doing. And if they're essay, I'm getting ran at it all fronts. So I, you know, it's like unpredictable. Uh, so for like, it's just funny because that aspect of like adjusting to the game, I personally don't have in EU. Like I have to adjust to the pace because I haven't played it ever really. But Mm -hmm. once I'm like kind of getting used to the play style that people go with in EU, I personally am like, oh, okay. Like this actually makes sense to me. You know, this is how I naturally like to play. So I've personally been a much bigger fan of EU for that reason. It's Sunday, 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 and they're coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you would never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time someone bids. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signup. On top of their other discounts, go to DealDash.com and use the offer code PREDICTION, P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N, or DealDash.FM slash PREDICTION, spelled the exact same way, that's Deal dash D E A L D A S H dot F M slash prediction P R E E D I C T I O N. Um, it's funny though because in NA, my biggest issue, I, I know you can vouch for this. I literally saw your Broodmother game, by the way. Um, oh, my, my double down today. So I, I didn't see that you doubled down, but I saw his Broodmother game, guys. I want to be clear. He's legitimately at their base. This is like 25 minutes in. He's like 1v4, killing a hero at a time because he's like, it's like a free brood game and you're like stomping them. You're killing like one hero at a time for like a minute and a half straight. Okay. (laughs) And I swear your team didn't show up. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, where the fuck are they? Like, I'm not even looking. Like, he's at their base 1v4. Where is his team? Like, where are they? Like, they weren't, like, throwing the game because, like, luckily for you, you're playing a hero that obviously you were very good at, but also a hero that is quite capable of doing everything it wants to do with literally no help, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's just for me in EU, I've only had that feeling, honestly, like 10% of my games. And I've lost every single one of them. Like, not even close. Like, uh... I'm just going to give an example for people at home to wonder what I'm talking about. So I was playing Drow Safe Lane. This happened yesterday. I'll give two examples. I was playing Drow Safe Lane and Pango Offlane. Or like I had a Pango Offlane. Uh-huh. Against a uh, Quap Mid 
and a Doom offlane. So, okay. and the supports were active supports. I don't remember what they were, but it was mm-hmm. Weehaw mid, right? It was Weehaw Quap mid. And he literally was just running around the map after six minutes, just ganking everywhere, right? And the yeah. Doom is just running at us with, like, you know, phase drums and a blink and a BKB and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Just that, that, that super- classic Eternal Envy quaff style. Yes. <laughs> and my invoker is jungling, okay? Like, he's like an yeah. Xord invoker with drums. Let's be clear. Xord invoker, <laughs> no Midas, drums, and he's jungling. And this guy's a sick invoker player. He's like level 24 Dota plus invoker or some shit. Right. Like his mechanics yeah. are like insane. Mm-hmm. But he said, guys, they're coming top. And then he's like, guys, they're coming bottom. Like he's calling the miss calls. And we are straight up getting dove under two tier ones at the same time at like <laughs> six minutes in. And, at uh-huh. t- and he's just jungling. And I'm like, <laughs> you have a drow and you have a pango. And the Pango is in a bad lane matchup. What are you expecting to occur here? Like, you are you expecting us to just sit under tier twos while you hit jungle creeps? Like, the thing yeah. about Dota is it's like a war of resources, right? It's like you have to push and pull back and forth against the opponent to fight for your ground, right? You have to stand your ground. You have to fight for the farming area that you yeah. need. I, I, I mean, like, the best way to think about Dota, like, as like a constant or or like in a constant state is like how much of the map do you control and how much of the map does the enemy control and like you know you you can usually tell like by how many jungles you control how or like and what jungles you're kind of blocking from them like all right we're controlling like 70 percent of the map right now it's a 50 50 map all right we're losing 30 70 right now like you, you, and you also you have to ask yourself about, if there's like, anything the you can do to change that. Like, yeah, yeah, are you yeah, capable yeah, yeah, exactly. of changing that yet? Yeah. And it's like, if is the status quo of like how much you have and how much they have okay with you? You know, like, yeah. um, I think that that's the questions I like to talk about asking myself. And the main thing I think going into a game that people can take to learn also is like based on the opponent heroes. How much are they going to be pushing into our territory? How early is it going to be? How consistent is it going to be? Like, is it a lineup that's based off ultimates where, like, when all their ultimates are off cooldown, they're going to run at us? Or is it a lineup like Queen of Pain and Doom that are just going to keep being in our face the entire game? (laughs) Needless to say... We were in our base at 18 minutes that game. You know, we were stuck in our yeah, base man, at 18 minutes. It was one of those shitty feeling games. Yeah, and I was waiting like... Waiting for it to end. And I, I just didn't understand. And then yeah. my other example, lastly, would be that I was a PA. So, like, another hero that's, like, just needs, like, 10 minutes. You know, like, I need, like, yeah. 10 minutes. And then I had a mid... Um, Ember, I think. Like, something like that. Like, Ember or Void Spirit. And my yeah. offlane Slardar, who... It was like his job to like be active that game mm. went straight Midas. <laughs> Needless to say, we lost all three tier ones in like 12 minutes and then the game was over. And this guy but what said, what about the bashes? The what about the attack speed on the bashes? And so what people don't understand when they're like watching on my stream and stuff is they're like, BSJ, are you saying Midas is bad on Slardar? And I'm like, I've seen people buy Midas on Slardar. It's not that Midas is a bad item on Slardar, but everyone in the game has like a responsibility based on that specific game of like how much they're supposed to get done in the game. You know, like, yeah. are you supposed to be this aggressive? You know, like you have to worry about losing your towers. You have to worry about taking their towers. And it's like, if somebody else can do that, then you can maybe prioritize your own game, farm a bit more and stuff. But like, yeah. if you're the one responsible for it, and then you go Midas while, oh, I was against Boxy, Sand King, by the way. He went uh, like first okay. item Crimson Guard and, yeah, you know. I know, I know Boxy. I was like, I, okay, I'm, like this Slardar was like bitching to the team at like 15 minutes and I pinged his items and I pinged Sand King's items. And I was like, <laughs> do you re- do you see this? You know, yeah. like, fuck. Well, I. I think I think that's one thing that a lot of Dota players kind of uh, struggle in. Like being able to realize exactly how the game is going to progress, like based on draft, like something that every good player will do is as soon as like when you're in the strategy game of each each game, like you're you're looking at the heroes on both teams and like you're you're thinking to yourself about all right how's this game going to progress are they going to be like the aggressors like how are the lanes going to go like you you kind of like 
think about all of this stuff really, really quickly at the beginning of each game. And then you come to the conclusion of like, all right, this is this is exactly what i have to do in this game like you know if i'm if i'm a sand king maybe maybe they have a super aggressive like tower push lineup and it would be more beneficial for me to have a max sandstorm at level seven instead of going like four zero four which i mean realistically speaking probably would not see that exact situation very frequently but i'm this just, is like, just kind of using it example. as an example yeah. of like of how how volatile dota can be and just like you 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 really you you can never you can never just like get complacent with with your knowledge or or, or, or like your ideas about the game like like I, I feel like so many people just autopilot in Dota because like they feel like they've already accomplished like all all of like the difficult things yeah they've Dota learned the lessons like, they have to learn kind of yeah 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 and they're like oh I'm really good mechanically at Dota so I I don't have to like think critically anymore and it's like. Well, no, you do because the game is ever evolving and changing. You never and like, have you to know, stop like, thinking critically in Dota. If you're yeah, not trying yeah. to think critically, like, and you want to improve, Dota is not the game for you. Yeah, it, it, like it really isn't. And I, like, I, I personally kind of like really came to that realization like a couple years ago, where I was just like, you know, I, you're, you're just, you're just getting lazy, Jaren. Like you just have yeah. to, you just have to like keep paying attention and keep like thinking and like I can relate to this pushing yourself. Like, uh, and and I, I know it's not, I know it's not like a, like an easy thing to do because like there's so many items in Dota and like there's so many things to really consider like about or like so many interactions to consider and everything. But like it really. It, it goes such a long way if you actually know what you're playing for in each game of Dota. Dude, and, uh, it makes it so much more enjoyable, too. Like, for yeah, me, it's yeah, just it like a puzzle that I'm, like, trying to solve um, every single game. And uh, I think what... The, we're going to use this as a bit of a segue, um, but we're not going to, like... I'm not going to, like, forcibly wrap up this conversation. It's <laughs> just that I do believe that that vision of the game is exactly what differs pub players and pub games from competitive because it is like a beautiful harmony when all five players on the team have the same vision of what the game like what their job in the game is and it just yeah absolutely you know comes together in one beautiful picture i had like a pub game yesterday where i was off lane legion and the opponent had like uh venomancer mag arc warden right they have three super farm heavy cores that just shove lanes and they're like super hard to fight into and we were down like 2k at like nine minutes okay like it was bad yeah not not looking great for after that it felt like my entire team just suddenly knew exactly how to play the game of dota and it was beautiful Mm -hmm. i was like holy crap we had to do like correct moves for 25 minutes in a row to come back in that game. Like, I could not yeah. believe it. I was like, I, I, you know, none of it, like, there was, like, some communication, you know, like, smoke here or mm. go here. But, like, for the most part, it's everyone just doing their individual job. And I think a lot of people don't realize when it comes to communication in Dota and in Pro Dota, it applies the same way, that telling somebody their job is kind of toxic. Like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah, people have to it, understand their job such that you're now playing Dota and then communicating like the who initiates or. Yeah, ba- ba- basically, like all the talk about like all of that, uh, like, you know, your role in the game and like stuff like that should either be done before the game or after the game, like yes. in the game itself, to, like everything should be. Everything should be talking about the future of the game and where you're expecting to go from there. And like, you know, what what movements are you trying to make to like get you to the most ideal map position and like whatever. And and I like obviously it doesn't have to be consistent comms or whatever, but like it's just kind of like that. That is the purpose of comms, because everyone should be so focused on accomplishing what they're supposed to be doing in the game that like. That there, there isn't too much of a need for that, that, like it to be a constant flow of comms, if that makes sense. Absolutely, but, like, it's yeah. More just they keep everyone on track. You know, little reminders of like, oh, this hero is missing. We saw it going this way. Two yeah, minutes, or... yeah, 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 exactly. Or, or like, all right, their their alt is on cooldown for another minute. What are we gonna do? Like, how are we gonna take advantage in in this time frame? And like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think. Um... 
What was I going to say? I had exactly what I wanted to say. Oh, the game is just too fast. Like, people don't realize yeah. at the highest level if you've never played it. Like, that's not like talking down to people who aren't at the highest level. Like, the thing that increases as you go higher and higher is just how fast people make decisions, how fast they execute plays, right? Yeah. And if you talk about any of this job stuff during the game, you're just, like, <laughs> falling behind every second you're spending talking on it. And, yeah. like, by the time you've, like, communicated to this guy what his job is, he's dead already. You know, it's like... Yeah. So that's why, like, when people ask, like, why can't you communicate that kind of stuff? It's just the game. Like, you only have so limited time in the game to establish what needs to be done. And if the opponent's already making the decision in two seconds and it takes me 12 seconds to explain to this guy what he's supposed to be doing or, you know, him explaining to me, whatever... It, you know, it's just it's just too slow. Right? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just hurts the entire game in general, because I mean, like no matter like no matter how good you are at Dota, no matter how how uh, ingrained like your farming patterns are or, or you know, your map awareness, like how much you f- force yourself to look at the mini map, like no matter how much all this stuff is just like subconscious play to you. Yeah, that, that, like whenever you have like a conversation not about Dota, like it, it throws it throws everything off. Dude, like maybe you don't does. look at the mini map for five oh seconds because God. like you're you're talking to someone, or like maybe you you miss a camp sack because you're you're you know you're you're just getting distracted. Like all, all of these things like can just get messed up by like just having random things being. Discussed, There's like, always no something reason. to think about every yeah. single second. That if you take like four seconds to think about something else, like you said, you I would say it takes me like like five times as long to catch up as it did of the time I took slacking. Like if I took four seconds where I wasn't thinking, it'll take me at least 20 seconds to, to like resume, you know, current update with the game you know like what's like, yeah because yeah, yeah. like sometimes it's like you saw a guy go mid and you know he's either gonna go bottom or top from there and then he briefly shows on a ward going top but you weren't looking at the minimap for that four seconds so you actually yeah, don't know exactly. that he's going top so it's yeah. like you know you're like okay I knew this guy was mid but now I have no idea where he is and somebody yeah like, sure. and then you feel really uncomfortable when you shouldn't feel uncomfortable because like you you should have been able to see what's happening or whatever yeah and so with that moving forward as a segue I did you watch any of the close qualifiers for the Omega League that was currently going on the last week? um I I didn't actually get to watch any of the games but I heard about them okay um so I figured the nice thing about this uh situation that we got currently is that you're playing in the North American Omega League and yeah. I'm casting the European one so although although the NA Omega League doesn't actually start for another six days or something yes. the, the, the tournament that started for us was the uh you ESL have the esl thailand, thailand right yeah, yeah, yes yeah. so my idea was that first and foremost we we're going to talk about your competitive week for the people at home and talk about gunner or talk about gunner talk about monkeys and gunner and the crew you guys mm-hmm. did take a series off of quincy crew right yeah and uh they did have a stand-in so they did uh, i know I know you guys know the implication of that, especially when it's their captain, right? Like I heard you and Gunner on stream both being like, yeah, they had a stand in, you know, Um, but that kind of goes toe to toe with or uh, hand in hand with exactly what we've been saying, how like one player changing can literally be like, yeah, it doesn't really mean much to us, you know, that we beat them. You guys have been doing well against them in general. Like it's gone about even um, between the two teams, but um, in terms of uh, ESL Thailand, what's coming up for you guys? Like, what what what's remaining in that tournament? Um, so we we have uh, like uh, every team has only played one uh one best of three so far. So we're still like pretty early in the um the group stage or whatever. Uh, but we're gonna be playing like uh, two more matches. Hold on, I'm trying to find the uh the thing because you're supposed I, to know I, your team schedule, monkeys. <laughs> But yeah, we're we're playing uh we're playing like Beast Coast and Crazy uh this week. So we have those two teams coming up, and um then the Omega League, as I said, starts in like six days or whatever. So. What do you like about like? Do you like the format of these online leagues where you're getting to play like three competitive games a week, or is that like too too um, much too consistent? I mean, I I I love I love having the online or like i love having online leagues like this because i feel like it brings out the more competitive side of teams um i from from my experience of like you know all all the random teams i've been on over the years is like scrims you're, you're basically trying to mimic 
competitive games and scrims as best as you can, you know, as far as comms go, as far as like, you know, tone of voice, uh, you know, um, level level of like uh uh energy and like like all, all this stuff like like you're, you're trying to you're trying to mimic emulate how your team is act, or, 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 or yeah yeah emulate that or emulate that's a better word but uh you're trying to you're trying to get that uh get that same or like similar atmosphere or whatever and um so what what the online leagues do in my opinion is they they, they bring that out of teams more so and they kind of get get the teams to to you know, show their best stuff, or like if that makes sense, because scrims are are all about practice and like testing stuff. And you, you know, can say you're going to motivate yourself, but scrims are just never going to be the same. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, actually, competing is like it's the best practice. So I really, I really like that aspect of it because, especially at least for our team, you know, maybe maybe crazy and business associates and Quincy like, like they I've love played scrims enough of these or something. Like games. I, I, I don't know, man. But for our team, at least, like it's night and day when you compare our our, our scrim comms to our our uh, officials comms. So. I, I really like that there's so many games and tournaments going on because it, it it just feels like good practice and it feels like games that we can actually look at and like go over because we're we're genuinely giving our best and we're genuinely you know trying to figure out exactly how we should be playing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And so to segue from your league to my league real quick here, what are like the three most broken heroes in the drafts right now? Like what is being picked like nearly picked or banned every game in NA right now? I'm curious well, like, what the meta is. Well, 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 for it's a bit unique for us because every single team that we played against for the past like two weeks now have first banned Darkseer Doom against us every single time. Okay. Because they, they, they just they, they yeah because we have won. I, I believe we've won like every game with either of those heroes. Okay, in the past so two weeks. <laughs> so I will say that Doom is just, in my opinion, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. broken. Doom is just bonkers. Like, Doom <laughs> like, is. No. Like, I'm pretty sure in my last 10 pubs, Doom's won nine of them. Like, I'm yeah, pretty I, sure, like, Doom this is hero doesn't lose. Like, I, 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 every time I have a Doom like, on my team, on any role, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had a four, I had a two, I had a three. Yeah. I've had everything but a five or a one, I think. I've had consistently <laughs> twos, threes, and fours Dooms. Um, I've had a five Doom in my games before, but it didn't win. So, yeah. my point being, though, is that I think it's cool that uh, the meta somewhat is similar with competitive when it comes to the most broken heroes. Like every region, the most broken heroes kind of just reign supreme. Like it, no matter what your play style is, if a hero is completely broken, it's going to be in every game. When it came to well, the close well, qualify, go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say like to add on to that is also like, You'll, you'll see teams like respect certain players a lot as well as far as like or, or maybe it's disrespect I, like w with me for example in like Batrider and Broodmother like you, you will see teams ban those heroes against me all the time like e even if it's a game that I would there's like no way I would ask for like either of those heroes you still sometimes see those heroes banned and I, I gen like I think it's kind of disrespect in my sense because it's people basically being like ah you can't play anything else so we're just gonna ban these heroes that you're comfortable on or whatever but like uh for for, for some people I, I I do think like they do have specialty heroes that will be get target banned even if they're not necessarily overpowered in like in the meta as a whole yeah I, I so I'm going to go to the flip side of this. Okay, I've had this, like, 10-minute segue being built, and we keep... It's not a problem, but I'm I, I need this, No, 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 it's not a problem. <laughs> I'm just like, before I forget to ever segue this, I need to make sure I do. So, yeah. I watched the closed qualifiers for Omega League, and then I'm going to ask my question after I make this comment here. And the closed qualifiers were interesting because it was, like, a couple invited teams to the closed qualifiers, like Cyber Legacy, Viking GG, Hellraisers... And they, uh, five men were not invited, but they were one on one. Spoiler alert, they ended up qualifying. Um, but then yeah, a lot of the other that. teams were like kind of just stacks, like just, you know, random sh teams thrown together. Yeah. And you also had bait. Yikes. But moving on. Um, <laughs> basically, when I, what I saw in the closed qualifiers, and it's a cool thing for people to learn from if you're looking to like kind of learn from competitive Dota of all tiers, was. Seeing teams that are like solid tier two, maybe strong tier three teams playing against stacks because yeah. at the end of the day, the average MMR between the players isn't that big of a difference. You're not playing with like all the top 25 players, you know, in EU on the same game. But 
it was so clearly noticeable in the drafts as well as just the overall team play that these more established teams have just had more time to figure things out. Um, a yeah. perfect game that it kind of talked about pubs and you talked about like your vision of the game was that like right now I'd say anti-mage is one of the most broken carries. And mm-hmm. if I was thinking about anti-mage, a lot of people like if you're like a very new player or like don't watch too much competitive or think about Dota this way, you'd say that anti-mage like, you know, he's a battle fear hero. He's going to farm. He's going to scale and all that kind of shit. What I think about with anti-mage and how I've at least started thinking about Dota a lot the last year is like, what can go wrong if I pick this hero? Like, you know, if I pick this hero, what's his weaknesses? What can be exploited? All that kind yeah. of stuff. And anti-mage just has no, virtually no team fight participation in the first 15 minutes, offers no tower pressure, and doesn't defend his own towers. So I was like, he needs heroes with immense amount of like early game uh, fighting potential. Like they don't have to always fight, but they have to be able to. They have to be able to defend towers, and they have to be able to push towers. And they yeah. picked anti-mage like a stack team did with Disruptor, Undying, Nightstalker. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of those heroes kills creeps, kills towers, or defends towers, right? And I was like, when they picked the anti-mage, I was just like, uh, they're going to lose like all their buildings in the first, you know, 10 minutes of this game. And the yeah. opponent had two picks left when they saw those four. Mm-hmm. Nature's Prophet Beastmaster, right? Like, I was like, yeah, and I was just like, holy crap, like, it's so different to see like a coordinated tier two team play against these stacks. Cause you're like, holy shit. Like the stack leaves themselves so exploitable. And then this tier two team just picks like the perfect two heroes to just shit on it. Right. It's like, yeah. it, that's what I learned from these games watching. And that's what I enjoyed about casting them. A lot of them were stomps, but in a strategical standpoint, you do get a lot of knowledge handed to you by watching. So, Oh yeah. Spoiler alert though, the five, the two qualifiers were, uh, five men and Viking GG, uh, five men was the misery stack. So, uh, that they, they were not, they were a stack, but by no means a bunch of, uh, by no means nobody did uh, did they not understand. Like, uh, yeah, uh, they understood the drafting strategy of Dota. They've only been a team for like two weeks, but, each individual definitely has had plenty of experience uh, in competitive. I, uh, so moving forward, the mortal division, there's two delete, there's two divisions in EU. There's the divine division and the immortal division and mm-hmm. the divine division pretty much had all the other teams that were in the close qualifiers other than those two that are going to be in it. So it's going to okay. be like yeah, a lot yeah. of that similar tier of Dota. And then you have yeah. the immortal division, which is going to be literally those two teams and, all the household names, right? You have Enigma, Liquid, Secret. Uh, uh, honestly, the this uh, the Immortal Division is going to be basically like the like a Western DAC almost. Dude, it's like, scary, man. Like, <laughs> like, it's uh, like even EG is participating tournament. in it. <laughs> yeah, so like I know you're really looking at the tournament. list right now. So with that in mind, you know your division's coming up at the same time as theirs. But if you had to give a favorite for you. That's not secret. I, that's not see. I mean, it, I would have to say secret. no. That's not secret. <laughs> what um, would you, who, who, who would you who would you say is is your favorite? That's not secret. I mean, I don't know that like like I, I I would have to go with I would say either OG or Alliance. Damn. If I can't so go you think OG is back or what? I mean, I I feel like OG will be getting back into the groove of things. Like, may I? I mean, may, may, maybe not. Maybe not right now. Like, I I don't know. It's really difficult to predict which teams are gonna like start caring. Uh, if that makes sense, because like OG obviously they have what four or what three two time TI winners on their team right now. Yeah, three. Uh, so like, obviously motivation might just be really low with with them right now. You would think a five hundred thousand dollar prize pool would be able to get. It's them pretty back. massive. Like, like, yeah, like, I did like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. We, we, we would be able to pull them, pull them into being focused a bit. But I mean, again, like Dota. The, the reason Dota's so beautiful is anybody can beat anybody when when you're looking at like when you're looking at uh like the highest levels or or whatever. Like I in EU, I would even say like the tier two teams have a chance of beating a lot of these uh, like. 
beating or taking games off of a lot of these teams. This like, is Team Liquid's time to shine, man. Aiden is going <laughs> to do it, dude. This Insania, I, I, I mean, I, I would love to see that. I'm, I'm great g- friends with all of them, man. Like, they're great guys. I, the, that, it's uh, it's funny. Really I'm like always rooting for them, and they're always like <laughs> – they're always like super hit or miss. They either get like top four or just like flop. Uh, yeah. I've talked to them. That's pretty it's much funny what I see. because <laughs> somebody uh, – I don't remember what pro player was talking about this, but I think it was Crit. Where like some players, they require you know twelve games a day to be yeah. at their peak form. While other players, if they just make sure they're playing Dota at all, like is they'll maintain right. Yeah. Liquid is the team that if they are not pubbing twelve <laughs> games a day, they suck. They, this is not my words. This is their words. Like they have openly yeah. admitted this. So it's like <laughs> that is why a team like that you'll see such drastically you know varying performances. But I. I I'm I'm they're going to be my dark horse team liquid is mm-hmm. like I think you know they're quite capable of just whipping out some uh six series against like even the top tier teams but if I was have to go I, I would say team Nigma I think they're looking really good right now so I yeah. dude I've played with Miracle and Pubs man that guy is so freaking good dude <laughs> the guy just first picked Lena and was like 20 and 0 I was like yeah. in like a top 100 game I was like what I, the fuck? I mean, I, I, Mirko has always been one of the most mechanically skilled, if not the most mechanically skilled. It was like the uh, worst Lena like game player, ever, like man. Ever. <laughs> yeah. It was a terrible Lena game. And I'm like, I mean, obviously, because he first picked it. But like, I, I was just like, what? Like, yeah, dude, I, like, I mean, Mirko takes an inch and goes a mile. Uh, I like, think uh, with I've anything. learned recently, <laughs> like, like in the last six months, maybe even more recent, that the way to become a 10th pick gamer like miracle meaning like you in competitive he's given a lot of the last pick right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's to just first pick it and play it whenever right like yeah that he first picks his hero pretty much every game and he's ranked 12 eu right like that's well like i crazy. I, I, I i i think it goes a long way in a lot of senses because like if you first pick your hero in every game like you're getting used to playing that hero in like the hardest situation like on average the, the opponent should be countering you like really, really hard, like no matter what your role is. And um, a, a huge benefit of like getting getting used to playing Dota in or, or playing a, a hero in Dota in like the worst scenario or like the worst situation you can you can basically come up with is that when you when you uh, like if you get really good at the hero in the worst situation, then when you play that hero in like mediocre or good, even good situations, you're just like, it's wow. hyperbolic time chamber, man. Dota is so easy. Yeah. Like I, I can actually just do anything I want now. Like, yeah, dude, I played Phases Void yesterday, first pick in a really high MMR game, and I was against Beastmaster Lion, Rubik mm-hmm. Coddle, oh, and God. a Spectre. <laughs> Dude, that was the that, hardest void game I've ever played. That's a rough one, <laughs> dude. I swear to you, I time walked into Chrono and got insta lifted or hexed like six times that game, and I was like, "Fuck, mm. am I ever gonna preemptively PKB or what?" Like, <laughs> fuck. Like, it's like one of those where the fights in chaos, and you think people are like, you know, distracted and shit, and you just time yeah. walk in and get insta stunned, and I'm like. Oh my god! And, and, I, and then like you know, I, I get insta stunned, and then there's a coddle ulti, you know. So like I'm getting chain stunned for like eight seconds, even though I have an S and Y, and I'm like, holy crap, this game is impossible. Um, and it was like a game where we could have still won because my team like managed to make enough space, but it was just such a hard game. And th- that kind of game, I'm just like, hey man, like I said to my viewers, are like, I know I didn't play very well this game. There were a lot of things I could have done better, but damn, I learned like. I learned so much this game, and yeah. I, I think with players like Miracle, when I watch them, what makes them tier one is that they're able to like consistently play these heroes and like all types of different heroes in the perfect game. Like they'll they they recognize the perfect game for that yeah. hero, and then they play it perfectly. And it's like, wait, 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 which is such a big thing too. Is is like honestly just being able to recognize when you should pick a hero is like. It goes such a long. I feel way. like I win ninety I mean, percent of my pubs when I'm like, "Wow, this is the perfect game for this yeah, hero," yeah. and I know exactly what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and, and that like, must be Miracle's I, it, life. 
it's not it's not easy to get to that point either like it it takes it takes a lot of just like memorization and just like uh, again just thinking about like everything yeah seriously man it's a lot like it really really is i mean i've been playing this game for 17 years and i i still like forget about random random like matchups or like heroes that would just be like so insanely good in like the perfect game or whatever because like there's just so much to always be thinking about. There's so many heroes being shit. Dude, my last and absolute note before I wrap it up and I'll give you your closing thoughts is that in EU, I've been amazed by... I've always lost faith in losing lane heroes, like in NA. Like, if you yeah. lose your lane really bad in NA, you lost. Like, you're just yep. going to lose because everyone's going to be farming for the 10 minutes afterwards and the... The opponent, like, respective role, if you're offlane, if you carry, whatever, they're just going to have, like, way more farm than you because it's snowballed, right? Yeah. And Darkseer is that hero. I think a lot of your team's play style is much more like EU's. Yeah. Like, you're very much run and gun, like, crazy aggression. Um, yeah. And so it makes sense to me that Darkseer works for you guys, and I've never believed in Darkseer. And in my games, that hero has lost its lane miserably every freaking game and then win. It's well, every game. Like, uh, and, the, the, and then the, you're just the, getting the surged thing, by, though. like, a 900-move sees Finn. And you're like, <laughs> what? You know, like, the, this guy's got an ion shell, and he's 900-move speed. So the, the re- part of the reason why uh, th- we've been making Darkseer work for us as well, though, is we mainly play it as position four. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, so, so, chat so, so we just, we, we just do like a lot of weird shenanigans with it, like every single time. And then we just like Dude, the surge ion shell man. stage with it. It's just oh, like, it's, all right, we're in. <laughs> like, it's You just have to not get murdered. And I, it's yeah. just funny to me that in competitive or like, you know, different play styles, how different here, like you talk about all the situations here can be it doesn't even just have to be based on like the game or like the heroes in the game it can be the region you're in it's like it's great like there's just so many factors and that's a yeah just yet another reason why you and i clearly you know love dota so (laughs) seriously man the 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 game is just so beautifully unique and like i don't know i i I feel like i just i feel like people forget it and they, they they just they've I just forget that you can you can infinitely explore in this game. There, there, there's there's so many ideas and things that you can do and like things people have never done before. Still, then that's just, what Dota's about, man. It you is. Know, that, like we talk about this every week, and I I know some people. If you do watch this uh, podcast consistently, are going to be like, I said that last week. And it's like, <laughs> but I think some messages, you know, they do have to be reiterated and yeah. really dri- driven home to make sure you guys understand exactly <laughs> how we truly feel, feel about uh, the game as a whole and all of how it ties into every subject we're going to be talking about um, on this podcast. So do you have any final thoughts, monkeys, before we wrap it up for the week? Uh, no, not really. Just... Uh, just happy to be playing Dota, BSJ. Dude, I, I, me, you and me both, man. You and me both. Not every individual moment am I happy to be playing Dota, but when I That's reflect fair. on my That's days fair. and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm happy, like, you know, go to the next day with intentions. That's, a, you know, like how I'm going to get better. I, I do very much enjoy it. So thanks for watching, everybody. Yep. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll be back yeah, next everyone. week. Schedule's not 100% consistent, but we're going to... You know, figure it we'll out. We'll get there. The Don't that worry. I, the fact that I'm in Ukraine, it's making it a little weird. So we'll make sure it's around this time every Monday. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Have a good one. And one last word from our sponsors. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering expert. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.